Needs come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, don't they? There are the urgent needs, like a bathroom break when you have a full bladder. And then there are the less urgent needs, like a haircut. Around three years ago, the Victorian Police established their 24-hour hotline as a reporting tool for when people needed the police, but not the sirens. And we still hear that ad and promotion out today. In the late 60s, the Beatles said, all you need is love. And then in the mid-80s, um, a, a British pop band called Mike and the Mechanics cried out, all I need is a miracle. But I wonder how you would finish the sentence, I just need... Let me pray. Jesus, we spend some time in your word today. Would you remind us afresh of your love for us, but also your love for the people around us? May we be moved by the mission that you started and that you want to see continued through us today. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us deep to deep? We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1943, the American psychologist Abraham Maslow proposed the hierarchy of human needs. And whilst a little bit simplistic in its approach, Maslow outlined that people's basic and most basic needs must be met before they can become motivated to achieve higher levels of existence and response to the world around them and to meet those needs as well. Maslow later refined this and developed it further to include additional needs um, of service, spirituality and helping others. However, it is limited in its focus. Um, it tends to be a little bit more individualistic in its focus rather than societal and community-based in its focus. It also tends to be a little bit age-based because our needs change over time. And it also tacks on spirituality and service as an option to fill, almost as if it is when you have time or if you're so inclined. But regardless of how you measure it or how you rate it, need is one in one form or another is all around us and to varying degrees. So how do we individually and as a church family respond to the needs that we see? Well, let's take a few moments to look at the book of Acts and what it says in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. As the early church, the first church, starts to try and wrestle with and respond to the needs that they are experiencing and interacting with. Acts chapter 6, 1 to 7, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If you have a different translation, I'm sure you'll still be able to follow well. But as the believers rapidly multiplied... There were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the Twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers... 
Select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, a man of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Procurus, Nacanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, an early convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So the message, so God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many Jewish priests were converted too. So let's dig a little bit into some background information that can help us in our understanding of this passage. Now you might recall last week that we talked about the disciples making disciples who would make disciples. Well here in verse 1 of Acts chapter 6 we see the discipleship process continuing. Disciples, believers, followers of Jesus, helping others to become followers of Jesus, believers, disciples as well. Over the years Jews travelled and settled away from Israel and, and its immediate surrounds. Those living further away would have learnt Greek as their, uh, their mother tongue or their, their native language in that area. They would have learnt that as their, their main language spoken at home. But as they aged, they often wanted to die back in their, their ancestral grounds, their ancestral land of Jerusalem. So there was a migration back by Greek-speaking Jews and converts to the Israelite religion. Older women, without the support of their families or husbands or their children, relied on almsgiving to get by. The other thing to remember is that there was excitement in coming to faith in Jesus. These people that were coming to faith believed in Yahweh God and looked for the coming of the Messiah. And they discovered that Jesus is the Saviour that they were waiting for. As they were discipled, they responded to the needs of others out of love, not the law. This holistic gospel message was attractive to the wider community. In this new missional movement, those in need found food for their soul as well as for their bodies. Now, regardless of whether it was intentional or inadvertent, when it came to the daily distribution of food, the structures and processes in place to assist those in need saw those that spoke Aramaic um, weren't receiving um, as good as assistance as those, or those that um, spoke Aramaic received better assistance than those who only spoke Greek. The Greek word translated to English, complained, is the same Greek word in the translation of the Old Testament to Greek when they used this same word to describe the people complaining against Moses in the Old Testament. So we're not just talking about bringing an issue to the attention of those in authority. Instead, 
there was talk between the Greek widows, complaining, murmuring and grumbling about the Aramaic or Hebrew-speaking believers and the leadership, those trying to respond to the growing need. Word eventually gets back to the Twelve, the Apostles, about the grumbling, the murmuring of discontent. So the Apostles called together a meeting of all the believers, the Greek-speaking and the Aramaic-speaking believers. The Apostles could have blamed, denied, deflected, but rather what they did was they enlisted the help of those affected, all the believers. They set up some boundaries of responsibility and set the direction and invited the believers to help with the solution. The apostles, well, they were going to focus on the needs of teaching the believers and the need for prayer. Praying with and for believers, praying for wisdom, praying for understanding, praying for opportunity for the good news of Jesus to continue to extend throughout the community. The believers were to choose They were to look out for seven men to take on responsibility for the daily food program. Now, there was an establishment in the Jewish practices of the day of setting up boards of seven men to oversee particular duties. So it seemed as though the apostles were following this tradition. It was a structure that the believers would have been familiar with as well. The believers were to look out for seven men with particular qualities or attributes. They needed to be respected. They needed to be people of a good reputation. They needed to be people that were full of the Spirit, spiritually astute and sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit. They needed to be people that were gifted in administration and wisdom as well. Now, we don't have any idea how long it took, but they all had a vested interest in a timely outcome. But notice that it wasn't just the Greek-speaking believers who had a say in who was chosen. It was all of them, all the believers, liked the idea. The other interesting thing in this passage are the names of the seven. Each of them had Greek names. Now, that doesn't mean that they were definitely Greek-speaking, but it is highly likely that that was the case. The seven were chosen by all the believers, but they were then set apart by the apostles for this ministry. This is not a division of responsibilities between the sacred and the secular, between the spiritual and the material. If it was, then why would the seven need to be full of the Spirit? This was a discernment and a releasing of people according to their spiritual gifts to meet the needs around them. This is reinforced by the act of the apostles in the laying on of hands and the blessing of the seven and praying for them. It was an act of blessing them. The apostles identified with those that were before them, commissioned them as successors in this ministry. They were being set apart, commissioned, ordained, in turn, inducted into this ministry. Spiritual acts for a significant ministry and the outworking 
of the gospel. And the result of the people serving according to their gifts and abilities. In verse 7 we pick up, So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. An increase in people taking responsibility to meet an increased need increased the effectiveness of the church in the mission of God. As a church family, Northern has been through a significant journey over the last 23 years, responding to the needs of the community and church people dedicating their time to help respond to those needs. Food, as we heard last week about being food left on people's doorsteps to help with the distribution. Subsidised lunches were started with just a couple of people once a week. Church people cooking those, that food and then bringing it along. The church tried to respond as the needs grew and the opportunities presented themselves. Unemployment in Darabin reached the highs of at least 8%, if not higher, during this time. And CareWorks provided work experience for thousands of job seekers in one year. We catered for 16,000 community lunches in one year as well. But over the years, and as the role of CareWorks grew, the church declined with limited resources being directed to support and fill the community needs as governments withdrew their support. Then, in January 2020, Australia was introduced to an unwelcomed guest called COVID. Now, I think I'm pretty safe in speaking on behalf of Samantha Alethea as we... We shared some of our experiences of doing crisis food relief during this time. We had to continually adapt and adjust how we responded to doing food relief that, um, that took place over the, those last few years. Systems that we had pre-COVID were just not going to cut it during this time of increased demand. When we started some of our food relief, there were five households registered in May 2020, and that grew to almost 400 households registered by May 2022, two years later. We had people from a myriad of ethnic and religious affiliations. And I tell you what, when I read this passage in Acts chapter 6, I feel the sense of need, but I also feel the apostles' pain. So what can we learn from this and this passage and what it means to continue to be moved by the mission of God? Well, it's simplistic to suggest that food relief is the only need in the community. If it were the case, then every church, regardless of location around the world, would have a food program, but they don't. It is also a case that as a church family, we cannot meet every need that lands on our doorstep. Just because there is a need does not mean that we are in a position to respond and meet that need. If we do that, 
then what we end up doing is we end up following the demands of the community rather than following the will of Jesus for this, his church. Our identity as a church can get lost in the process. As a church family, we will continue to be committed to helping people in need so that we can live and uh, live life well and help them to live life well. One of the things that we recognise as a church family um, and as we've responded to needs over the last few years is that there is a massive gap that is left in January. There are a number of community agencies that do food relief that close over January. And so one of the things that we're wanting to encourage us as a church family to do is in the lead up to January is to organise a big cook-up where we will prepare meals that we can then freeze and then make available over January when there is that gap. We want to be able to respond to needs, but we want to do it in a very clear and an understanding and a sustainable way. We as a church family have already discerned and unanimously confirmed that we believe God's mission for the church is that as spirit-led followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to live life well through the outworking of the transformative power of the good news in our lives and in the life of this Jesus church. We also believe that God has given us a vision of what he wants us as a church to look like in the future, radiating out from our community and residential centre in the city of Darabin, Northern Community Church of Christ will be a faithful, Christ-centred community who seek to live life well for the benefit and the blessing of the community and the world in which we live. And we also believe that God is calling us to the following commitments that we're reminded of today. We are committed to being transformed by the Spirit of God as followers of Jesus we are committed to entering into broken and hurting situations and stories of life in order to bring God's good news of hope and help. We are committed to caring for the poor and the marginalised. We are committed to supporting those held captive by their past and present so that they can have a better future. We are committed to being a blessing in our world, locally and globally. And we are committed to bringing glory to God through the way that we live. And as we continue to respond to God's promptings, we'll have the opportunity to discern and to be motivated by the needs within this church, but also within the wider community as well. We have an opportunity to work through some of that discernment process in just a few weeks' time. But there's also some warnings about our past that we need to take heed of and also some, some good information that we can glean from in Acts chapter 6 as we move forward. We are being moved by the need as we respond in accordance with the gifts and the abilities that God has given us. There were 19 people in Acts acknowledged in Acts chapter 6. There were 12 apostles and then seven chosen by the believers. They were people full of the Holy Spirit and gifted in certain ways. 
They, they were gifted in teaching, evangelism and discipleship. And those that were gifted in that way dedicated themselves to prayer and to the teaching of the word. There were some that were gifted by the same Holy Spirit for administration and wisdom and the ability to run this ministry or that. They were dedicated and set apart for that ministry and the meeting of the needs of the day. The holistic gospel was outworked as people exercised their gifts and abilities. It didn't take long for the first church for there to be this picture of a perfect church but then for grumbling and discontent and issues start to arise. But they strived to stay balanced in their approach, continuing to be moved by the need in all its forms. The need to share the good news of Jesus as saviour of the world and to respond to the needs of believers radiating out into the wider community based on their gifts, their passion, their abilities of all the believers. So I wonder, when it comes to you, what moves you? It's not about coming up to the leadership group and saying to Sam or Aletheia or to me, hey, listen, I see this need and I think you should go and fill it. I've often said, those who have an idea get a job. Best, but it's an opportunity for us to consider how we can support you in moving towards fulfilling that need. To move you in some form of response to that. It could be prayer. It could be giving of time, energy or other resources. How has the Holy Spirit gifted you to move in response to the mission of God? But also how has God gifted us as we look to continue to move and respond to the needs around us and within us as a church family? Well, on Sunday the 13th of November we'll be holding our next Future Forum and it'll include a shared lunch. It will be a special time for us as a church family to explore and discern our focus for the immediate future, as well as giving an update on redevelopment plans and where they are currently at. But I wonder today, what moves you? Let me pray. Jesus, there are things that move us to excitement. There are things that move us with a, a, a response of anger because of a sense of injustice and it's just not right. Holy Spirit, would you quicken in us an awareness of what it is that you want us individually to respond to, to use and understand our gifts and abilities, how you have wired us to meet the needs of those that are around us. But also, Holy Spirit, as you brood over us as a church, would you help us to understand and, and to be able to respond well to your promptings, to discern your leadings about the needs that you want us to respond to 
what we can get passionate about, what we can be excited about as we seek to respond as a church family to the needs both within the church but also the needs out in our community. Holy Spirit, quicken in us an awareness of discernment of what it is that you're saying to us today. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. So how might we respond today? Well, I wonder, how has God gifted you for the mission of God? Are you aware of what your gifts might be? If you're not, and if you'd like to talk to me some more about that, then I'd love to have a chat. Put that on the response card. Hey, I'd love to have a chat with you, David, about spiritual gifts and how God might, wi- have, might have wired me. There is no retirement to using spiritual gifts. There might be adjustment. There might be a shift of how they're used. But there is no retirement in responding to the needs in the community of which God has placed us. What needs move you? What gets you excited? What gets you passionate? What has you thinking and buzzing around in the back of your head? I wish I could just fix. Pray for the Holy Spirit to use you in the mission of God. And how can you serve in the church to see the good news of Jesus go out into the community. There's going to be some music played, and as the music's played, I encourage you to respond to the things that God is saying to you today. God bless you.